Thank you. <laughs> um, and it's my honor to be with you all here tonight. This is not usually like my normal um, gig at Temple, so um, this is a little bit different. <laughs> um, in law school at Villanova University, I participated in the Clinic for Asylum Refugee Emigrant Services, or CARES. I was in the first class of that clinic, and 22 years later, it is still a vital part of the school's clinic offerings. Through CARES, two of my classmates represented a woman who fled the Democratic Republic of Congo after her journalist husband was kidnapped. During the attack on her home and village, she and all but one of her 10 children were separated from each other. The attack and its aftermath were horrifying. Our client made it to the United States through the assistance of the Catholic Church and a lot of luck. And even more lucky, she was granted asylum by, after a hearing in immigration court. And later, she was able to reconnect with several of her children in the United States. I still get goosebumps. I actually have them right now. <laughs> when I think about how my classmates helped change that woman's life forever by providing a way for her to settle in the United States in safety. For the past 15 years, I have worked full time as an immigration attorney helping people from all over the world make their dreams of living in the United States a reality. I remain forever committed to the ideal of the United States as a nation of immigrants, as a place where we welcome those from other lands who come here to make a better life the same way that our forebears did. The events of recent weeks and months have highlighted the plight of those who must flee their homes in the face of violence, abuse, and dictatorship. According to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, in the past weeks, over a million people have fled Ukraine to neighboring countries, around half of them children, and the war there is poised to displace more than four million people from their homes. But Ukraine is just the latest string, the latest in a string of humanitarian disasters from Afghanistan, Venezuela, Yemen, Syria, the list goes on. We are repeatedly witnessing the need of people to migrate, to sustain the basic needs to live in peace with adequate shelter, safety, food, clothing. Often in our national discourse, we hear the term refugee, but what exactly is a refugee under the law? A refugee, by definition, is a person who has been forced to flee their home country due to persecution because of their race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or membership in a particular social group. A refugee is given protection by another country's government or by the UN Commission, High Commissioner for Refugees, or some, often both. Refugees who seek to resettle in the United States are vetted while they're still abroad and go through extensive background checks and security screenings. And they are only permitted to enter the United States once all of those screenings are complete. And they can take a really long time, often 18 to 24 months or longer. While this is not the only pathway for people to come to the United States for any reason, because this is Refugee Shabbat, I'm going to focus on refugees tonight. The Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, highest provides us with some interesting statistics regarding the worldwide refugee situation. Some might call it a crisis. According to Hyas, there are an estimated 
1.6 million refugees worldwide. That is a staggering number. Prior to the conflict in Ukraine, 85% of those refugees came from just five countries, Syria, Venezuela, Afghanistan, South Sudan, and Myanmar, Burma. It might surprise you to know that Turkey is the country that currently hosts the most refugees in the world, with an estimated 3.7 million refugees living within their borders. The United States used to lead the world in refugee resettlement. In fact, our country enacted the first refugee legislation in the world in the aftermath of World War II and provided refuge to about 650,000 people from Europe during those years. Over the past five years or so, the United States drastically decreased the number of refugees we would allow to resettle here, and our actions rippled through the world, leading to an overall decrease in refugee resettlement. Yes, you heard that correctly. As with many other immigration pathways, the United States puts a limit or cap on the number of refugees we will accept annually. Over, the over time, the U.S. has resettled approximately 85,000 refugees annu annually. But for the past few years, those numbers have plummeted. In fiscal year 2020, the United States admitted a grand total of 11,814 refugees. In fiscal year 2021, we resettled fewer, only 11,411 refugees. For fiscal year 2022, which actually started in October 2021, the U.S. set an annual refugee cap of 125,000 to much fanfare, but as of the end of January, four months into the fiscal year, our country has admitted only 3,268 refugees and probably won't come close to even hitting that cap this year. I find it hard to throw around statistics like this because it makes it easy to forget that each of these numbers represents a person who probably experienced some sort of major trauma. When the need is so great, I would hope that we can all agree that the United States can and should do more to help the most vulnerable. Welcoming refugees is a Jewish value. In the Torah, we are told 36 times to care for or welcome the stranger. 36 times, that's a lot of ink devoted to the concept of helping people we don't know. Usually at this point in our Torah, we tie a lesson to the week's Torah portion, but this week's portion, Pekudeh, is the end of the book of Exodus, and the portion itself doesn't really lend a lot to our discussion. It ends with um, Moses completing the tabernacle so that the Jews would have God with them wherever they went, which is a really nice concept but to me, it's what happens next that is most relevant. After the Exodus, the Jews began their long trek, wandering through the wilderness for years and years. Much like today's refugees, the Israelites did not know which stop would be their last. Would they have enough to eat? Would they have appropriate shelter? How would they survive? There was no one to take them in and give them safe haven. It must have been scary and stressful not to know what was in store. But the Jewish basis for welcoming refugees goes way beyond the Torah. Jews have found themselves fleeing oppression more than once, as we all know. We've long been the scapegoat for the, as the cause for all manner of evils, and we know how it feels to learn that those who had the power to help us let us down instead. Right now, thinking about the potential millions of people fleeing Ukraine, 
it's really challenging. I spoke with a Ukrainian friend this week to help strategize how to get his family here. I don't know if the United States will welcome them with open arms. History says we might not and that we'll regret our actions later. We think back to the saga of the more than 900 Jews on the ship, the MS St. Louis. In 1939, just six months after Kristallnacht, that ship set sail for Cuba so that its mostly Jewish passengers could wait there before immigrating to the United States. Upon arrival, the president of Cuba denied them landing privileges based on Nazi propaganda that, they, that the passengers were all communists and criminals. When the ship's captain appealed to the United States to welcome the passengers, the United States pointed to its annual immigration quota and said, sorry, we're full. Canada also denied the passengers a safe haven. The St. Louis eventually returned to Europe, where the Jews were taken in, in England, France, the Netherlands, and Belgium. But ultimately, during World War II, approximately 255 of those passengers perished in the Holocaust. The saga of the St. Louis is notorious for the involved country's callous disregard for the plight of the Jews on board. I fear we have not learned from that deadly error. More recently, the United States already is failing in our humanitarian duty to welcome people who fled Afghanistan after our military withdrawal. It is frustrating and anger-inducing to watch the United States deny humanitarian parole to those who fled on the apparent promise that the United States would welcome them, especially after they helped our country in conflict. Hardening our hearts and turning away those who need us most is antithetical to Jewish values. I could run down a list of the ways that refugees contribute to the United States through education, labor, economic development, civic engagement, but that's not really the point, is it? Welcoming refugees to our shores, caring for the stranger, is quite simply the right thing to do for people who have endured horrors in their homelands that most of us would not want to imagine. On this refugee Shabbat, I will leave you with words from the song More Love by Billy Jonas, which Happy was singing at the beginning of the service. I sang it in this sanctuary a few years ago for my son Seth's bar mitzvah, and one of its verses is particularly relevant. I remember when we had to leave our home, middle of the night, running scared, we were so alone, but we were grateful for the little that we had, cherishing the gifts and the care from every helping hand, over time, we came to see there's a simple path to true prosperity. Did you put more love in the world today? <laughs>